0: you're Listening to a brand new episode of the Whole Story Podcast. We have a special edition today with Vicky Guerrero, who is a legendary pro wrestling manager. Vicky, thank you so much for your time this morning. It's great to catch up with you. It seems like forever since we last talked. So how has things been for you?
1: Hi, Alex. Um, thank you for having me on again. Um, life is good. Uh things are very different now since we've last spoken. Um, but life has been very good. You know, I've been uh busy with my book and appearing on all elite wrestling and uh just just like you staying at home and trying to wait for this crazy thing to finish you know so everyone came back to their normal jobs
0: <laughs> now this is the first time since we've talked since you new podcast too excuse me podcast so what has this been like for you to kind of test out this water in podcast as well as transition <laughs> to aew as well
1: Well, I'm trying to be as good as you guys, because y'all are the professionals in the podcast business. Um, I I started back in October of 2018. Uh, I love it. You know, I mean, it's taken a while to to take off the ground, but but I have a producer, uh, Jerry Strauss, who's just been my biggest asset and helping me, you know, edit and uh, collect guests. And as you know, it's a lot of work to keep content going. But I love it. I'm a talker and I love to meet new people and hear about their life. And uh, we have episodes that release every Thursday. And uh, I'm I'm enjoying it now that I'm part of Uh, All Elite Wrestling, you know, to do special appearances. I'm able to use their roster, you know, for content. Mm -hmm. So it's been a really good transition and I like it. But I'm trying to catch up to your status.
0: Now, can you walk me through, because this is a newer wrestling promotion, so what is one of the biggest things you've been able to do because you're established in professional wrestling to where you can offer advice and work with some people that, May not experience going out there and doing a promo and failing for the first time for a promo. So, what are kind of like <laughs> the little things that you've been able to offer up advice to, kind of be that helping hand to someone that hasn't experienced things that you've had in the past?
1: You know, the great thing about All Elite Wrestling is that they do have a lot of young talent on there, um, but the coaches they have are just incredible, and some of these guys are legends. Um, You talk about Jerry Lynn, Dustin Rhodes and Cody Rhodes, Um, you know, so to have these legends be able to educate and share the knowledge with the younger talent. And I've been able to work with some of the girls and to uh, give them advice and to give them pointers. It's something that's really uh, important in this industry because um, the knowledge that I have and the experiences is something I'm able to share with them because uh, with these, Talents being so young, and they're incredibly talented. I mean, the talent they have on there is, I'm in awe of some of the things that they do. But, you know, for them to be able to hear, you know, advice from me and get pointers, I think that's what this is all about is sharing our knowledge and being able to make the best talent that we can with them because they're the ones that are going to carry the wrestling industry to the next generation. Mm
0: -hmm. What was one piece that you wanted to make sure that – You know, you value that everyone follows. Now, obviously, everyone kind of has their own path. Not really path but what's one value that you want to maintain that everyone follows in professional wrestling going forward?
1: Oh, gosh. Um, You know, the one value that I always take on uh, and and give to other, especially the, the women there at All Elite, is to never stop learning as good as you are and the most experience that you might have once you stop learning you won't grow and i think that's something that's really important for the young kids to hear is that each day is, is something new to learn and, and i think when you when you don't allow yourself to have that open mind and open heart uh, in the business that's when you know things cannot be successful for someone so as good as someone may be even me you know to sit down with the coaches there and to be able to listen to new storylines and new ways of how they do stuff i think that's just an incredible asset because it takes a village to really make something successful. And with the kids, they have there on their talent roster it's just really exciting because they're eager to learn, they're eager to you know follow direction, and and to be able to work with the women there and to build their character and their image and the product that they want to be for their own um, you know uh, success. I think that's really important that they sit there and they're just. Really anxious to hear the knowledge and the and the experience that I've had, and to hear the good and bad. You know, there's a lot of hard work you have to put into it, and there's a lot of work that you have to put into your character. And that's knowing who the character is and what makes you, you know, successful and what makes you uh, upset, and you know who your enemies are and who your friends are. And I think that when the girls were hearing that from me, it kind of takes them to a different angle of it's not just about putting on gear and going in the ring, you really have to believe in your character to build that. And it's not just keeping that character, it's evolving. So there's a lot of aspects. I got really excited to be able to work with the women there and just show them all these, you know, um, all these assets to what makes a successful wrestler.
0: I guess my question would be a follow-up to that is what was the last thing you learned?
1: Oh gosh. and one thing I've learned is, well, this is a great example, you know, being part of All Elite Wrestling this past week from Double or Nothing uh, pay-per-view to the two live TVs is that you don't have an audience. And, and in my character, I value the audience so much because they're the ones who boo and cheer me and it's the adrenaline from the crowd that really gets me excited when I'm on stage. So I had to learn to really, you know, focus on... My 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 work and my character and my uh, my my craft because without an audience, let me tell you, Alex, it's a very different atmosphere when you're working in an NBA arena and you only have a few roster that's heels and babies, and to only hear these two sides cheering for you, it's not the same. It versus you know a ten thousand you know uh, member audience. So it was something to learn all over again is to really you know focus on what's going on in the ring and not. And imagine that the crowd's booing for me, which I'm sure they were at home, but (laughs) it's it's something I had to learn all over
0: again. Mm -hmm. When you talk about developing and figuring out who you are as a character, who you are as a manager, when you look back at, you know, your career journey, what's one that you didn't really know was that... Just figuring out, you know, what was one thing throughout this journey that you look back on and you're surprised that you developed something that you didn't have beforehand?
1: Oh, my gosh, Alex, you are really on your toes today. Um, You know, the one thing that I had to really work on was it's easy to uh, be, you know, the, the heel and the cooker and the general manager. The one thing that i learned was working with other people and the guys that i managed these were legends you know edge and you had Dolph ziggler uh working with the mcmahon family um it's working with other people and it and the thing i learned the lesson was that it wasn't all about me it was about the whole picture of the ring so it's not about me shining the brightest in the ring it's about working as a team and making sure that whatever the, the objective was for the night that, that one person was put on the spotlight. And if it took a little bit of balance for me to help with that, then that's what I learned about that, you know, whatever it was that was going
0: on. Did you have a favorite job? And by job, I mean actual job in the storyline. Was it a manager that you really loved doing? Was it the general managers? Or was it kind of like a mix of both? Um, I love
1: managing because I love being involved in the match to where i could cheat i could get disqualified i could take the focus off the 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 wrestler i was working with whether it was like cool or edge or doll um i love being involved with the match because it just excited me to be able to have those two minutes of pissing off the crowd you know that was my goal breach night um general managing was fun too but of course you know it was scripted to where you know, it didn't really come from me or what I wanted to do that particular night. So, the, you know, the managing of a superstar was a lot more fun because I had a lot more creative input into what was going to happen for that match. Mm-hmm.
0: Did you ever think you were going to be a general manager? At some point, because I mean, it's kind of not really in the storylines too much anymore. So it's kind of almost a thing of the past in some ways. So did you ever think that you would get to that level of being a general manager um, in your past?
1: No, um, you know, I'm I'm always grateful for WWE. They gave me the opportunity to try general managing, and I loved it. I I mean, I love you know, taking, you know, certain superstars out of championship matches and the, the aspect of, you know, pissing off, you know, the babies for the night, that was a lot of fun. And my whole opportunity to be a general manager or manager for, the, for a particular show, it was just a lot of fun. I mean, it was never work at the office. I, I went to work and I was excited to see what I was gonna do for the night. So that was something that I was very blessed with, that they trusted me to be the general manager and manager Mm -hmm. Um, So every night was just a – it was an unexpected thrill, so to speak. You know, whatever I did, I had fun at it. Mm -hmm.
0: Now, again, you're in AEW now. What is something that you haven't been able to do yet in professional wrestling (laughs) that you want to take to AEW and maybe try something out there?
1: Well, right now I'm not signed with AEW, but – I am given a lot of opportunities to work with the talent mm-hmm. and to be appearing on their show. The one thing that I am looking forward to if I do get the opportunity to be signed is working with the women. I think the women have a lot of growth and they have a lot of ability to make a name for themselves and to represent all of Wrestling in a, a higher capacity than what they are now. And that they trusted me to be able to, you know, be the the person for the women, you know, to make sure that they're branded well and they have good promos and that their matches, they look well, and they, they feel good about where they're at in their character, that would be something that I'd be really blessed in, in to be a part of.
0: Mm-hmm. So like when you look back at the career that you have had and the journeys that you have had, what's still left for you that you still is on your top of the, your priority list to go out and still accomplish is it getting back you know into full-time with professional wrestling or is it kind of a little bit of both you know I like doing podcasting I like writing books I like doing you know some appearances here and there kind of a mix of everything what do you see you really wanting to do in the near future
1: well if I had a choice and an opportunity I would love to be full-time you know managing uh, a superstar all in elite wrestling but as well, also taking on different responsibilities of working with the women and working with the coaches there. They have such a fantastic structure of their company, which I'm really excited uh, to see because a lot of the coaches take on other responsibilities. And as you see, their podcast is run by, you know, Referee Aubrey, and then there's Tony Shivani, And then, you know, there's different secret stars that take care of travel. So they all take on the responsibility of making AEW the structure that it is. I think that's really important because the superstars are seeing the work that's behind the scenes. It's not just when they step into the ring. They're taking on the administrative and also, you know, the travel and um, the branding. So I think that's really a cool aspect of all elite wrestling is that everyone's involved. And it's not just being a character. It's about behind the scenes and working on your days off. I think that's that's really exciting if I was able
0: to, you know, be a part of that. Mm-hmm. 100%. Um, when you look back now and you're, you're writing your book right now in the process of that, what's been this journey like for you? It's something completely different for you.
1: Yeah. You know, right now it's, it was a very strange time because before COVID-19 hit my book was going full, full speed ahead. And of course my editor and all the publishing companies are in New York. So everything stopped. And now we're starting to uh, work again and things are kind of getting a little bit faster in the development. Um, I I love working on my book because I'm able to uh, talk about my life with Eddie and my experiences as being, going from a housewife to a superstar. And that's something that's very unheard of, especially, you know, in the wrestling industry. Um, But also to be able to be a voice for, Women who went through spouses that had drug abuse and alcoholism, uh, being the voice for a woman that doesn't think that, you know, that she can't do something because she's over 40. I I accomplished everything, you know, at 46. So that's something that I think it's really important to be um, a role model and a mentor to other women men, and even, you know, anyone that's reading my book that, that age is just a number and you can accomplish anything you want as long as you believe in yourself.
0: Mm -hmm. writing a book that he is a very open you're writing a book on your life you know at what points what conversations did you have with people close to you of how far do I want to go when writing this book because it can get very real and you're talking about your life so at what point did you have those discussions and you know knowing how far do I want to go writing this book
1: Yeah, um, you know, writing the book was something that I need to talk to my daughters about uh, to be able to get their blessing, so to speak, because they went through a lot, you know, having Eddie as a father, and our life was very different. You know, Eddie would be gone for two to six weeks at a time, so they were stuck with me a lot, and they knew that there was a lot of struggles with um, Eddie's alcoholism and drug abuse, and I think they tried to, you know compensate a lot to make life easier for me so to be able to sit down and talk to them and and uh, be able to get their blessing was important you know my oldest daughter shaw went through an eating disorder um i asked if i could talk about that and of course she was you know she's an open book as well and she wants to send a message as well to other people that are suffering from eating disorders so my book is just a really important message that not only did eddie get to write his side of the story and he wrote really good things about me, and gave me a lot of, um, you know, support for what I went through. But my book, was, I felt, it was so much more because um, there's a lot of people that suffer with having a spouse that's going through alcoholism or drug abuse, or you know, children going through eating disorders, and there's bullying, and there's um, moms that are raising kids as, you know, a single parent, and even dads too. So if my book is able to uh, have my story be known. And they're able to see uh, what I did. And I don't have all the answers, and I did things my way. But to be able to, you know, know that you know, I did things after 40. You know, I, I became a WWE superstar. I raised my girls. Um, you know, I wrote my book. I was able to, uh, you know, do a podcast and to find my own identity. That I just my message is to never let anyone know that because you're a certain age, that life stops it's you make life what you wanted i think that's really important to be a witness to
0: other people to hear mm-hmm. did you reach out to anyone when you were in this process of writing your book to kind of walk you through because you know it can get tiring you know because you're reliving history basically you know so who did you kind of stay close to while this process was going on as well
1: um you know i'm still writing it but it's my editor uh she's the one who tells me a lot about uh, how I'm able to uh, be able to have this story relate to the audience that's reading the book and, and that's something that was very uh, hard for me because I think I'm, when I'm writing my book I think oh this sounds great but my editor's like pulling things out for me and she goes put me in the room and tell me what it is that you feel and, see and you hear and, and are you crying are you laughing and that was something that was very hard for me because i really had to just sit and uh, remember those times of you know with eddie you know going through rough times with him and with my daughter and then also performing in the ring like it was a lot of emotional uh feelings i never thought i would feel before so that was something that she's been helping me with and you know she's like no take it back it's not i don't feel it so after i go back and like really remember the moment so it's been good
0: my This is my favorite part of the show, Vicky. is a fast five, quick round. It's five quick questions. And you have however long you take to answer them. This is my favorite part of the show. It's a fast five, quick round. It's five quick questions, as you know, Vicki. Uh, so you have however long you take to answer them. Are you ready? So first one, what is one thing that one song that you can listen back to that brings you back to your childhood?
1: Uh, bon Jovi, Living on a Prayer.
0: A great song i listen to it all the time <laughs> what is your biggest pet peeve
1: my biggest pet peeve is someone smacking their food with their mouth open
0: yes where is one place that you haven't vacationed yet but you would love to uh tahiti who is one wrestler that you would love to manage that you haven't yet
1: oh uh, Nyla Rose or Brian Cage, but Brian's already taken, but Nyla Rose.
0: 100%. What is What would be one finisher move that you would love to try out that you haven't yet?
1: Uh, the three amigos.
0: <laughs> I'm surprised we haven't seen that one yet.
1: Yeah, I, I know my limits, Alex. Yeah, I, I'm not a wrestler. <laughs> <laughs>
0: You always have to believe you. You can. You can always just keep trying, right, Vicky?
1: Yeah, that's right.
0: <laughs> and then the last one for the fast five: What is one thing that you can't live without?
1: Wow. Okay. Uh, probably my music. I love music. Yeah, it'd be my music.
0: Then Vicki, my last question for you in this interview is a little different one. What is one question you've never been asked in a podcast that you've always wanted to been asked?
1: Oh my gosh. Um, uh, wow, you're good. Um. Well dang it. Um, one thing I've been, I've been asked in a podcast. Um, uh, Oh wow.
0: That's a tough one, question. Thing
1: I, one thing I haven't been asked.
0: Or maybe not just on a podcast, but just in life. What is one question you've never really been asked that you've always wanted someone to ask you? Uh,
1: Probably, um, no one ever asked if I wanted to be a wrestler and I, I didn't, you know, I was told to be a wrestler, you know, I was told to be in the ring. Um, that was something I, I did everything at a hundred percent, you know, I did what I was told, but my comfort zone is being a manager or, um, a general manager, but to be in the ring in a, in a match terrified me and no one ever asked if I was okay with that. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know but about life i think that no one ever asked if i was lonely when eddie passed away you know it was a very hard life and i think no one i think they took it for granted that i was okay and that was something that i wish that people acknowledged that you know it was it was hard to to be by myself it was a very lonely time so there you go you i let you know
0: (laughs) well vicky you know it's always great talking with you you're you know I'll never forget, I became a wrestling fan mid-2010. It was when you were still with Dolph, managing Dolph, and it was, I'll never forget the first SmackDown, it was when you were wearing the Boas, uh, uh, the Leafs uh, around your neck, it was on like one SmackDown, and I always, you know, I, I swear, I fell in love of with professional wrestling because I hated um when you would come out to the ring and say, excuse me. So um, I'm always grateful uh, for you uh, because I honestly don't think I would have loved professional wrestling if it wasn't for you. Oh. Um, so if, if possible, can we hear an excuse me um, on this podcast today?
1: Well, Alex, first I want to say thank you. You're my friend. I've known you, you know, doing these interviews. You're such a, a, a sweet gentleman. I'm always here to do your interviews for you, and um, thank you for being a fan, and I'm glad that I pissed you off so much, because that was my objective every night, was to make every person in that arena hate me, and um, I value you, and thank you for for thinking of me to be on your show, because it's it's an honor, Mm -hmm. and uh, oh yeah, one last thing, oh yeah, EXCUSE ME!
0: Well, Vicky, thank you so much. Where can everyone find you on social media throughout this time? I know you're pretty active right now. So where can everyone follow you? And again, listen to your podcast. And then once your book comes out, we'll have to have you back on once it comes out to do some promotion for it as well. So thank you. Uh, tell the fans to, I guess, put yourself over.
1: Yeah. So on Instagram, I'm in Guerrero underscore Vicki. On Twitter, I'm at Vicki Guerrero. I have a website, which is VickiGuerrero.net. And you can find my podcast on any of your favorite uh, podcast platforms, which is Apple, Spotify, Podbean. Um, And I just appreciate you guys so much. And thank y'all for always uh, hating me because I can't do my job without you.